You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Victoria Schaefer, aspiring actress, babysitter extraordinaire, college student and animal enthusiast, is on her own for the first time in New York City. Follow Victoria and her two dogs, Rue and Echo, as she cares for her furry friends and juggles home life and career, all the while managing to survive in the world's most hectic city. The exciting animal adventures and secret stories from both ends of the leash that make up the Tales of the City. Hey everyone, it's Victoria Schaefer, your host of Tales of the City on Pet Life Radio. Today I'm interviewing Rachel Hale McKenna, a New Zealand-based photographer best known for her work of animals and babies. She's a best-selling author and recently published a book called The New York Dog, which includes tons of quirky and fun pictures of dogs in unexpected locations throughout the five boroughs of New York, along with quotes and excerpts from New Yorkers. I came across her work at a Humane Society of New York benefit that doubled as the New York Dog book release party. Some of the proceeds of the book help the Humane Society continue rescuing dogs. So stick around because after this commercial break, I'll be speaking with Rachel Hale McKenna about what it was like living in New York shooting this book. Time for a walk in Central Park, of course. We'll be right back with more Tales of the City. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do. And get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet hey everyone, I'm your host, Victoria Schaefer of Tales of the City on Pet Life Radio. I'm on the line with photographer Rachel Hale McKenna, who is all the way in New Zealand. She recently came out with a book called The New York Dog, and I'm so excited to hear what she thought about her time in New York and shooting this book. Hi, Rachel. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for dealing with this time difference. I just want to clarify, you're in New Zealand, but you live in France? 
we've been living in France for the last five years, other than the six months we spent last year in New York, which was amazing. But we have actually just relocated back to New Zealand from France. So Oh, I see. So you were France, New York, now New Zealand. Yes, we still have a house in France, but we, oh, um, wow. we've made the decision to come back to New Zealand for a while. So. Wow, so you're all over the place. We're all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so how did your career start in animal photography? Yeah, it was right early, early days in my career, actually. I, there was a photographic competition open to all professional photographers here in New Zealand, and the, the competition was to photograph a watch. And you could submit whatever image you wanted as long as there was a watch included. So I decided to, I came up with a crazy idea to put a pig wearing a watch. So <laughs> I created a fake watch using an old man's belt, an alarm clock and a substance called Fimo, which is like a clay. And then I used fake diamantes. And then I placed this enormous handmade watch around the neck of a pig and photographed it. And this the image won me the competition. It got also got the attention of a publisher. And my career in animal photography basically started from that moment. Wow. Is that the publisher that you're currently working with that did it, the New York dog? It is indeed, actually. Yes, they've wow. um, so you've had a long... Been together for like 20 odd years now. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I know you had the French dog and the French cat. So what brought you to New York to do the New York well, the dog? French- The French cat and the French dog were really well received and it's always been a dream of mine to work in New York because I absolutely love New York and it's such an incredible, incredible city and very, very iconic. So it was a challenge to capture it in a different light from what's been seen before because it's probably one of the most photographed cities in the world. But also with my love being and passion being animal photography, it was a, a classic follow on from the French cat and the French dog, just sort of taking a more urban feel. And also it was a wonderful way to showcase New York in a different light because so so many people see New York as the concrete jungle, I suppose, whereas really, our, even my eyes were opened with spending six months, an incredible place to live with a dog. There are so many beautiful parks and places you can go with your dog. I'm hoping that my book will give people a new insight into actually how wonderful life can be for a dog in a big city. Yes, thank you, because everyone's always telling me, oh, how do you have a dog in New York? You know, they should be living in the suburbs where you have grass and all that. And I'm like, we get just as much extra exercise and have just as much fun in New York. You do indeed. (laughs) It was amazing. And all the dogs are so friendly and so well socialized. Yeah, it's completely Um, different, I think. Really great. So you were in New York for six months. Is that how long it took to shoot for this book? It did. Yes, I probably I would have loved to have a little bit longer as you do for all projects, I suppose. But I actually managed to photograph plenty of images and I probably got enough images to do volume two if I really if I really had really? to. So the photos made it into the New York dog are only half of what you got? Pretty much. I, I feel a bit I always feel mean all. All the projects, all the book projects I do, not everybody actually gets to to make the book in the end. Um, But I have to be honest with people when I'm photographing them to say that the image will potentially get into the final book because I do have to create probably twice as many images as what is needed um, so that publisher has plenty to work with for the design layout and things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lots of people whose dogs didn't actually make the pages of the final book, but they still got to um, enjoy their images anyway. Oh, you gave everyone the prints of their dogs? Yes. That's so nice. 
And so the publisher or you or a collaboration between both of you make the selections for what pictures will make it into the book or what's I, that process like? I give them what, what I call my A list, which are the images which I insist go in the book. And then there's the B list, which they can use to create other pages. And, and some occasionally my A list ones don't make it, but most of the time I do get my way in that regards. But I have to be realistic in what works. The publishers have a really good knowledge of what works in the market for example what image is going to work well on the cover and that's yeah thing. that's a great Off- image on the cover yeah it is it is fantastic and as a photographer I'm sure many people many photographers discover this as well you do get emotionally attached to certain images and even though some of the images which I love they might not be the more commercial images so they might not work work best so I do have to be take into account and listen to what my publisher says sometimes yeah right And where were you living in the New York area when you were shooting it? What we did was we actually did house swaps with our property in France. So we moved around New York, which was fantastic for us to work in different areas. So we did a um, house swap with a wonderful family in um, Fort Greene, Brooklyn, um, where we swapped with them for six weeks. And we also had three different properties in Manhattan, which was um, wonderful as well. And we also swapped with a family in um, New Jersey. Oh, my gosh. Even though that wasn't New York, it was still close enough (laughs) for us to commute every day to do the images for the book right and what which was your favorite area that you ended up spending the most time in oh gosh um I've been asked this a lot and it's (laughs) I I absolutely adore Manhattan but I think if I was to live in New York I probably as we have a a young daughter and I love the family life I really fell in love with Brooklyn yeah Um, that's the hot place now yeah and it's got such a wonderful creative vibe and it's fantastic for dogs like I loved Prospect Park it was incredible for the dog life it was just unbelievable and it's probably a little bit more rugged than Central Park Central Park's um absolutely beautiful but prospect park i think has got a little bit more of an earthy feel to it if you know if you get what i mean yeah so what did your daughter think i know she was in a lot of the images in the book what did she think about new york she absolutely loves it and (laughs) there's no way we will ever be able to go to new york without her in tow she will never let us get on a plane without her i think (laughs) does she she adores new york and we are actually very tempted to apply for green cards and come back and actually spend a bit more permanent time in in new york because we loved it that much but we (laughs) at the moment our time we need to spend in new zealand for a, a few years but then you never know we might end up in new york in a few years time yeah that would be awesome And then you could do the sequel. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So what did you find was the biggest difference between the dog community in New York versus the dog community in France or New Zealand? I think there's definitely similarities. France was very different because we we traveled around the whole country when I was doing the French French dog. And so therefore in the rural areas, you just find dogs wandering the streets and Mm. so you don't have them with owners and half the time you don't even know where the dog belongs. Whereas in New York, dogs are always with their owners or with a dog walker. But what I found with the New York dogs is that people absolutely adore them and they are definitely treated <laughs> as, as part of the family. Spoiled, and yeah. Spoiled <laughs> rotten, exactly. And I couldn't believe it. When we, we first went to New York in, to start the project in February and we were there for 10 days during the big blizzard in 2013. I know you've just had oh, the most... Wow. 
a, a very, very um, a rough winter you've just had. Yeah, in, every in, winter um, seems rough at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we happened to be there, like we arrived two days before a huge big snow dump and it was just so stunning. But I couldn't believe uh, like the little outfits the dogs come out with and the little <laughs> yeah. the little PVC rubber boots they all wear, which is a great idea for on the snow and things because it can be really, really rough on dogs' feet when they're running around and things. So I just think it's just gorgeous though how they all take such wonderful care of their animals. But they truly are one of the, it's a city which loves their dogs more than I've ever discovered anywhere <laughs> So I think, yeah. Yeah. So how did you recruit all of your subjects for the book? Well, in February, as I say, when we first arrived, we had some postcards printed and we just handed postcards out when we were we were out photographing and I just explained to people what I was doing and then we got people to email me with pictures of their dogs, the names of their dogs, little personality details about their dogs. And I also asked people to tell me favorite places in New York they wanted they went with their dog. So I got a really good collection of places to photograph types of dogs to work with and everybody who emailed me was incredibly keen to be involved of course I ended up being inundated with people and dogs right. so I, I wasn't able to photograph as many as that contacted me unfortunately but it was a really fantastic way of me finding my subjects but there was a lot of people like a lot of dogs I photographed which I just did just meet on the streets and um, befriended the owners basically and um, arranged to photograph them and things so but so a lot you, of it word of mouth so you would just see a dog on the street and be like oh that's a beautiful dog I want to photograph it yep <laughs> that's <laughs> One cool of classic, classic photographers who picks up their models on the street <laughs> <laughs> and which was your favorite dog to shoot what was the most fun Oh gosh, that's I can't answer that one. They're all gorgeous. Come on. Um, you have to have some favorites. I do have to have some favorites. Or challenges, some challenges. Yeah, oh, the I probably the biggest challenge I had with working with the dogs in New York was probably the fact that they're so used to noise that sometimes it was really hard to connect with them in the way that I'm used to connecting with them. Like normally I use my voice to make noises and to get a reaction out of them. And I control the tone of my voice to actually get the certain type of reaction out of a dog. And with so much noise going on in the backgrounds, it was incredibly difficult sometimes to actually get the the connection, which I'm used to getting. Like I finally got it most of the time in my images, but it was a lot more challenging than normal. Like I remember photographing a dog called Reno, which was a beautiful, stunning Siberian Husky a husky or a malamute he might have been a malamute actually he was so big but um down in Chelsea and I was photographing him against this gorgeous brick wall and across the road was a construction site and all the guys on the construction site were like barking like dogs and wolf whistling and just like making so many distractions when I'm trying to get this dog to concentrate on me and this poor dog was so confused as I like, well where am I supposed to look <laughs> to do but I did as I say I managed to get the perfect image and he graces the pages of the book so I'm proud of that one but that was that was the type of challenges which I had to deal with I know I have two dogs they start barking at you as you're walking down the street like thinking your dog is gonna respond I know so you, you, do come, you come across some interesting characters in yeah um, <laughs> definitely and what's yeah. your criteria for the dogs that you decided to photograph like you said you got tons and you weren't able to photograph all of them what was your criteria for were you looking for characters were you looking for certain looks 
Yeah, well, so what I had to do in the end was cull down the breeds and make sure that I wasn't too repetitive with the breeds which I was using. So I had to make sure I had a selection and a lot of variety through the pages of the book. And also, the main thing I'm always after when I'm photographing animals is personality. I don't necessarily want the perfect looking breed, like specimen of that breed, but what I'm wanting is personality and character and something which is going to give my images a little bit more of a zing, if you know what I mean. Right. So you're talking about breed. And I know I originally met you at your book party, which also doubled as a fundraiser for the Humane Society of New York. And you have some rescues featured in the book. Is that right? Oh, definitely. This amazes me actually how many dogs which I photographed actually were rescue dogs, regardless of whether they were purebreds or crossbreds. Um, There's a lot of purebreds which come from rescue organizations. And I love the fact that the New Yorkers do really, really support the animal, the shelters, and do give those dogs which need homes wonderful homes. That's why I joined with the Humane Society of New York because they're an incredible organization, probably the longest standing organization in New York, and they have incredible facilities and the veterinary care they offer to the people of New York is wonderful. So it was definitely my chosen organization to work with. To And if you buy the book, a percentage of the proceeds goes towards the Humane Society of New York. Yeah, that's great. I I actually won one of your photographs, which I'm looking at right now. It's hanging in my apartment. It's I think it's a great Dane mix, a black and white on a bus with like bluish green seats. Oh, Atticus is a Great Dane. That's only a seven-month-old Great Dane. Um, Oh, wow. That's why he's a little smaller, they thought. Yeah. He's an um, unbelievable, he's a beautiful dog. And that's one of my favorite images, actually. And that was a really interesting scenario. We were, that was taken down in Red Hook in the abandoned tram carriages. I'm not sure how, what you call them, if they're tram. Buses, trains, trains, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like a cable car type thing, but yeah, yeah, train car, yeah. Yeah. And we um we asked permission of the where they were sitting. They were sitting on the water's edge. They were abandoned. But anyway, some guy came over and told us to get out, get out. You're on private property. All this sort of (laughs) stuff. But thankfully, I managed to capture the image before we got kicked out of there. But then we managed to track down the person who actually owned the cable cars and he he said of course you can use the photographs it's not a problem all this because I was a bit worried I wasn't going to be able to use that image this guy kicked us out and said you're trespassing on private property all this sort of carry on even though we'd asked permission we obviously hadn't asked permission from the right person or something (laughs) I'm I'm not sure how it goes but did you run into trouble often I see like we have a strict leash law and some of the dogs aren't on leashes I am guilty of taking my dogs off leash sometimes too but (laughs) did you ever run into trouble with that I didn't run into trouble thank goodness most of the time if I was in the parks I was always photographing during the off leash hours so the dogs were legally allowed to be off the lead if we were out out and about on the streets and things, then we, yes, I am guilty of the fact that we <laughs> dogs off the lead a little bit. Um, and But we were, it was only for a few minutes and they were always in a very controlled situation. situation they weren't just right. running, running free. So if the council came mm. at me, um, <laughs> yeah. it's fine. But Usually um, it ends up okay because everyone loves dogs in New York. Exactly. But they're just like, put it back on the leash. Or... Yeah, but we only, I only ever did it if there was nobody around. No, I was never in a public, really public spot. Right. Where we let off. Sometimes it looks like the dog is off the lead, but it actually was on a lead and I've removed the lead from the photograph. So oh, there was wow. a little bit of post-production done on some of the images to remove leads from, from the shot. 
Did you do yeah. any other sort of editing like that? On, besides? Um, not, not really. The images are pretty close to, I'd have to flip through the book and see, but yeah, but other than that, no. The, oh, the only thing, like on the cover, the taxi's got the I Love New York on the top of the taxi, and that was the that taxi was actually had, that was photoshopped in purely because the taxi had Monsters University, and I can't do anything which is going to advertise oh. those sort of things within this a This is moment. much cooler anyway. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, thought, don't, I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's so obvious that you're passionate about dogs and you talk about them you love all breeds do you have a dog yourself unfortunately no I don't at the moment we are uh, just admire looking, them from a distance I do I think <laughs> I get to work with them so often that I, I get my dog fixed most days but we are actually in the process of looking for a house of our own here in New Zealand and once I've promised our daughter that once we get a house we will get a dog so what, she will be very happy <laughs> what are you leaning towards what are your favorite breeds oh, that you would I've got lots and lots of favourite breeds, but I think that we probably will just visit the SPCA here in Auckland and um, give some little dogs which are in need of a home, a nice new home is probably what we will do. So it's it all depends what's available, which dogs our little daughter le- tends to, to take us lean to. Towards, yeah. <laughs> but I've got to say, I will have to sort of have some sort of say in, um, in what we do get. <laughs> Small or big? I always tend to go for more medium to big size, So, but my daughter definitely wants a small dog, so hopefully she'll we'll maybe get a puppy, which will be small to start with, and Brilliant. then by the time it gets bigger, she'll have coped with the fact that it's getting bigger. <laughs> That'll be nice. Then she'll get to grow up with the puppy. Yes, yes. it will be, it will be lovely. she grows. <laughs> yeah, All right, I, I have one puppy. more question for you, yeah. and then I'll let you get back to your adorable daughter. Can you reveal like what you're thinking about doing for your next project? Are you going to come back to New York? Are you going to stay? Well, as I say, we're, uh, the next couple of years are going to be probably based in New Zealand, but I'm hoping to do a lot more work in New York still. I'm probably going to come back and do a few workshops there for photographers. I've had people oh, requesting okay. doing a few workshops, so that'll be fun. So I'll be posting on my website very soon, actually, dates of workshops in New York. I'm also going to be promoting myself for private commissions. So if people are wanting to commission me to come and photograph their dog or cat or rabbit, or goldfish, whatever, <laughs> all animals. I'm open open to commissions, so I'm hoping to be able to come back um, a couple of times a year to New York and hopefully LA as well to be able to do private commissions as well. So for those sort of, if anyone's interested, they just go to the website, which is um, www.rachelmckenna.com, and the Rachel is R-A-C-H-A-E-L. Perfect. I know tons of people that will be interested in both the workshop and pictures of their pets. fantastic just tell them to keep an eye out on the website okay good great thank you so much well thank you for having me thank you it was so fun and i love your book i'm actually have it right here and i have your photo hanging on my wall i just love your work so and i love that you contribute to charity as well a great rescue that's a necessity really it's um the charities do and the organizations do such wonderful work for the animals out there so it's it's the least i can do to support them (laughs) thank you have a good day thanks victoria (laughs) bye so that concludes today's show but before i say goodbye you know i always like to end on a charitable note the school for the dogs which just so happens to be where i take my dog echo and tons of other new yorkers take their dogs too have a studio that recently burned down at the end of last year. It was started by two young women, Anna Grossman and Kate Sanisi. 
Together, they started School for the Dogs, a science-based dog training center run out of a converted living room of the floor-through apartment where Anna was born and raised. The school, which specialized in working with rescue dogs, quickly gained a following both citywide and internationally thanks to its efforts to make training fun, affordable, and accessible. It's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, The Guardian, and was even the answer to a question on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. After an electrical fire originating in the wall of Anna's apartment destroyed both her living space and the school for the dog's teaching space, they are now looking to rebuild in a new location, a bigger and better space that will give school for the dogs the chance to bring positive reinforcement-based dog training to a wider swath of New Yorkers in order to help people live more happily with dogs in small spaces with the ultimate goal of working to keep dogs out of shelters. Rescued dogs get a 10% discount with appropriate paperwork. If you would like to donate to the School for the Dogs, which will help the New York City dog community, visit Indiegogo.com, that is I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O.com, and search New York City's School for the Dogs. I want to thank Rachel Hale McKenna for letting me interview her all the way in New Zealand. Thanks for listening and join me next time for another fun and exciting Tale of the City. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.